Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 149. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it's a blessing and an encouragement to you. Um, Also, before we jump into this particular lesson, um, I want to thank everyone who's listening all across the world. Um, I am just truly blessed at how God has multiplied this into places and regions, uh, nations that I never would really have the opportunity to to visit, to explore um, all across the world, uh, and it just continues to to go beyond what I could have expected or imagined. So I'm thankful for the for the Lord's grace on that. Um, and I also want to just extend my my prayers to the people of both Ukraine and Russia. I have uh, there's listeners uh, from both countries and and I just want to to be intentional in this moment to say my prayers are with both of of your countries of your nations of your people uh, I, I am I am truly uh, heartbroken at what's happening and I just pray that the Lord would bring peace resolution that uh, bloodshed would cease and uh, that God would receive glory and honor in and among the situation. So I just want to express my um, my sympathy, my prayers, uh, my heartbrokenness to both of the listeners uh, of both of the countries. So uh, I thank you for, even in the midst of this dark time, finding a place to, to meet and fellowship with the Lord. So I, I thank you for that. S- today... This is a rather impromptu episode, and um, I apologize for the delay in an additional episode um, as I've been quite busy preparation of other uh, teachings and messages in my local uh, church body. So I want to thank you for your patience, um, and like I said, this is a rather impromptu episode, and it and it really actually came out of my own um, personal reading today, and I think it's more really of a question that I want to pose to you with without really telling you how to think or maybe what to think. It's more of a question, a consideration for you to chew on and think about and explore. So I want to give some of, of what I have dug into this topic and and assessed a little um, and then just let you run with it if you so desire and let you permit you enable you to come to conclusions uh, in and of of yourself by the help of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read the passage that prompted this exploration and I'll read additional scriptures where we see applications or, maybe implications of this, and we'll just go from there. So it actually stemmed from reading out of Acts chapter 13, and I'll read verse 48. So it says, When the Gentiles heard this, 
they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Now, I'll just say this on the front end. Um, there's lots of different perspectives on how one understands Scripture. And if you ask 10 different people, you'd get 10 different scholarly answers, and every single one of them would be convinced that they're right. I personally believe that the gospel, the good news, the salvation, is meant for all who would believe. And I realize and recognize that there are scriptures that would lead one to believe that God has designated certain people to receive salvation, and it would seem or appear that in those scriptures that perhaps others are not designated for such a purpose or for such um, for such a glorious end. Now, I can sympathize with those who may hold to this, what you may call this predestination, predestined to be the inheritor of salvation. I can sympathize with those who believe or hold to that doctrinal stance. However, I, I myself do not share in that stance. I believe that for God so loved the world, the whole world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is a good news that is available to all who would believe. Now, without getting too deep into the woods, be in light, in light of the fact that I believe that Scripture makes clear that salvation is for all, is available to all. When I came across this verse here in Acts 13.48, it was quite jarring, I'll just honestly say, because there in the, in the end of the sentence, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. So if you can see from my perspective, and if, if I hold to the belief that, that all can believe and be saved, when I come across that statement, all who were appointed for eternal life believed. So that kind of stuck with me, and to be frank and to be honest, it, it, it really kind of um, ruffled my feathers in, in, in a way, you could say. And so I'm asking the Lord, what does this mean, and am I understanding it correctly? Have we understood it correctly? So in, in the pursuit of trying to understand it, it helps. Now, please hear me. I am not a biblical scholar. I've not been trained um, in you know customary ways of 
uh, Bible, college, etc. This I am purely a person driven by hunger and desire to know the Lord and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me and direct me and show me and teach me. Um, so any insight or knowledge that I have um, comes from just a, a an insatiable desire to learn, to grow, and to know the Lord more. And I'm thankful for uh, particular um, individuals that I have gleaned from, um, but I really try to keep a purity about to first seek the Lord for clarity, for understanding. And once I find a satisfaction in where I am and in what I believe to be the Lord teaching me, then then I personally can then explore some of those teachers or preachers whom I trust that maybe have dealt in these matters and elaborate. Um, sometimes I find that what I've learned on my own individually, and I mean that by the help of the Holy Spirit, not on my own. I have then found that there's there's an agreement in what I have been shown and what they teach. Now, there have been times where what I have been taught that I feel by the Lord is different or does not align necessarily or exactly with some of those whom I would trust— but at the same time, it doesn't violate Scripture or it. what I have been taught by I believe the Lord doesn't violate Scripture, doesn't violate the character of God. So um, it's okay if we don't uh, exactly align with, with what other people, I'll, I'll say man loosely, it's not specific to gender, what what other people teach, it's okay if what the Lord shows you is different. In fact, it could be very different. But keep in mind, though, in your own personal study, be sure, this is so important, be sure that what you discover does not violate Scripture, does not violate the character, the nature, the, the expression of God. Because if it violates that, then you have an issue. You have you have a problem because God's word, he he will not violate his own word that would make him um, contrary to himself, and this cannot be. So you then need to decide I I where did I get this and by what route did it come? And so doubt Doubt yourself before you doubt the Word. That's important. Okay, that was a bit of a tangent I didn't expect, so um, we'll just jump right into the rest. So, as I said, as many and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Okay, so as I began to explore that, I wanted to understand what is the word appointed? What does it mean in the Greek? What is the Greek word? Because that is what the New Testament was originally written in, was the Greek. So go back to that. Um, I have a Bible app that I use, Logos. It's fantastic. It's super helpful. It helps me to get right straight to those, those Greek words. 
by a simple push of the button. And so I use that very often. Um, but for the purposes of using my computer in front of me here and recording through my phone, I am using blueletterbible.org. Um, it also is very helpful in, in this area. So I'm borrowing from it. If you're curious where you can find such things. So this word here that's used for appointed, the word in Greek is uh, tasso. Now, pardon me for you Greek scholars, uh, and my pronunciation is far from um, accurate, most likely. Uh, tasso. So this is the Greek word, and um, it can actually mean several things, and it's actually translated um, in different manners. It can be translated as a point, which we saw in the text. It could also be translated as ordain, set, determine. Um, it can mean to put in order, to station, to place in a certain order, to arrange, to assign a place, to appoint again. Um, and this could be an appointment on one's own responsibility or one's own authority, um, or there could be a mutual appointment. This is to say um, someone above you and yourself agrees upon this appointment. So there, there are quite a bit of kind of flexibilities in how we understand this Greek word. Now, um, as each particular translation and the translators of that translation, they they get together, they come to a consensus and try to render these Greek words as best as we can in the English language or whatever language you happen to be reading it through since this is going all across the world. So the next then question is, okay, so it can mean several different things there, not necessarily just um, the word appoint. And so let's then look at other scriptures and how is that word used in the context of those scriptures. Can that help us to then maybe narrow down or see any similarities or perhaps differences in how it's used? Does it shed any light on the particular verse that we're interested in? So um, that this actually is used um, to four, five, six, seven, eight, eight other places. This Greek word tasso is used in the New Testament. So that's not too many. That's a pretty low number and, and it can provide us some unique insight or perspective into what could be said in this. How could we better understand the word? So the first place I'm going to read a, just a verse. I'm not going to read much of these for the sake of time. But So unfortunately, we, we may lack a little bit of context in these verses, but um, not enough to get our feathers ruffled over. This will be uh, the first place is Acts 15, verse 2. And it says, And after Paul and Barnabas had a heated argument and debate with them, 
the brothers determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning the issue. So there's the word. It just snuck right in there. The brothers determined. So that's that's a different translation of this idea of appointing. Now, as we read these verses, always keep in the back of your mind, I perhaps you have this figured out already, so bless you if you do. And uh, But as I'm trying to navigate, when I read this verse 48, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed, I am reading that verse through the lens of God's sovereign plan for the people who would come to eternal life by believing. Now that may that's a very convoluted way of saying that and I'll try to simplify it in saying uh, and forgive me this is all just impromptu and in in the moment. So this is a conversation between you and I. All who were appointed for eternal life believed. In my mind, I read that to mean God has predestined some of those who heard to believe. Okay, so keep that in the background of your mind as we read these other verses in the context of what they are saying. And does it paint a different picture? So we said... In Acts 15, 2, the brothers, so this would people in the faith, determined. So how is that used? That is that is to say, essentially, they decided or concluded that Paul and Barnabas and some others should go up to Jerusalem concerning this issue. So they came to a conclusion. All right, the next verse is Luke chapter 7, verse 8. For I also am a man placed under authority with soldiers under myself, and I say to this one go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes, and to my slave do this, and he does it. Okay, so there, that's the word placed. For I also am a man placed under authority. Now, this, I think, plays back to one of the suggestions that I gave about it's a an appointment mutually, or it could be agreed upon. So in this sense, the the person speaking is a, a, a military or political um, leader who he says, I am also a man placed. So he has been installed. That's essentially kind of what he's saying there, I've been installed under authority. So so in the context of what is being said here, this man has been placed. So that's the same Greek word that we read in 13, Acts 13.48 for appointed. Okay, so it's that's a much different thing or a much different thinking compared to thinking of it as God's sovereign decision in the context of Luke 7, 8, it is 
I'm a man placed under authority. This is to say he has people above him. He's in a position and he has been placed under others. So it is kind of an installment. He has been installed there. Now, could it be against his will? Sure. Um, could it be in cooperation with his will? He's in that position? Sure. So perhaps both could be possible there. Okay. Uh, the next one is 1 Corinthians sixteen fifteen, and it says, Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanus, that they are the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted, there's the word, themselves to the ministry to the saints. So rather than appointed, it's translated as devoted. Same Greek word there. So what is this essentially saying? That they have given fully themselves. So they have devoted, or aka given fully themselves. Okay, that's another way to see this, this idea of appointment in the Greek tasso. Okay, the next one is Matthew 28, and that is verse 16. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated to them. So there's the word designated which is the same Greek word that we have seen translated as appointed. So he has, Jesus had designated to them this mountain. So um, again, there it could be, you know, Jesus had decided this certain mountain for them. Um, but same, same Greek word. Okay, Acts 22, verse 10 and I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Get up and go on into Damascus. There you will be told about everything that has been appointed, there's that again, for you to do. So this, here we see a work that has been assigned for you to do. Okay? Now, there is a component in there of kind of a sovereign plan, so that's still present in that verse, I believe, um, but it's still another application. Um, the next one we have is Acts 28, verse 23. When they had set, there's the word, tasso, Greek, when they had set a day for Paul, people came to him at his lodging in large numbers, and he was explaining to them by solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and from the prophets from morning until evening. So in that verse, in the context, it's more of when they had designated a day for Paul. So there's there's a, another kind of contextual application of it. It's 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 kind of a designation, and then the last one I have is Romans thirteen, verse one. Every person is to be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, 
and those which exist are established by God. Boy, do we need this verse in our lives on a daily basis when we want to uh, question authority. Um, we are by nature, nature a very rebellious people. And so this is a verse that we should con- can really commit to memory. For every person, every person is to be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. For those which exist are established or we could say installed or placed by God. Okay, so there's seven other examples of seven other examples of how this word in the Greek is used. And I think it does create, this is for me, it does create a different um, large, larger viewed understanding. When I look at these other verses and how does it how does it evolve my understanding of of my thinking around Acts 13:48 when I look at how these other other words are used how does it does it help does it shift change um, evolve transform my thinking of Acts 13:48 in all who were appointed for eternal life believed these other applications of this word to me paint a picture differently than just something as though god sovereignly set it in place and that's it so as you explore these i don't want to tell you what to think i want to show you some things to think on And I want you to come to some conclusions uh, by the help of the Holy Spirit. And and then as you navigate your way through the Word, through Scripture, how can you, I guess, shore up your understanding in light of the Word of God? So I hope this gives you some things to chew on. I hope that it at least somewhat explained the kind of conundrum that I found myself in as I discovered this passage again and gives you some things to chew on and contemplate as you navigate your way through the beauty and majesty of God's Word. So I pray that this is a blessing and helpful. I thank you for tuning in, and I will see you on the next one. God bless. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with